Whether you're a new grad or a veteran healthcare provider, if you've never been involved in a malpractice lawsuit before, you may be curious as to what goes on in a typical claim. In today's episode, we're going to walk you through a malpractice claim beginning to end so that you can have a better idea of what to expect if it ever happens to you. And stick around to the end where we're going to give you some great tips on what you can do to make the claim process go as smoothly as possible. Welcome to Malpractice Insights, the show dedicated to helping healthcare professionals understand medical malpractice insurance and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. My name is Jennifer Wiggins, CEO of Aegis Malpractice Solutions, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. If you're new to our channel, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We release a new episode every week, both on YouTube and your favorite podcast streaming platform, so be sure to like and subscribe to stay connected. Just a quick reminder before we jump in, we are here to provide general information on medical malpractice insurance and related topics, but not specific legal or insurance advice. So if you have a question about your practice or individual coverage needs, be sure to ask your agent or legal advisor or contact us at aegismalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S malpractice.com. We'd be happy to help. All right, let's face it, getting hit with a malpractice claim is a scary thought for doctors, and not knowing what to expect can just add to the anxiety. So let's break down the malpractice claim process into five stages and unpack it a little. The first stage is the incident event or discovery stage. Malpractice cases begin with an adverse event or the discovery of an adverse outcome, which can sometimes come several years after the procedure or medical event actually occurred. At that time, the patient might choose to file a lawsuit. It's not uncommon for a doctor to be sued several years after treatment was rendered, especially if it's something that just doesn't show up right away. After the incident stage, we move on to stage two, which is the notification stage. Once a suit is filed, the medical provider and any other named parties, maybe it's the hospital or your practice or other healthcare providers, they're given notice of the claim. And this is typically done via a certified letter. And if you're named in the suit, you should promptly notify your practice administrator, your hospital risk manager, or the appropriate in-office person, and then notify your malpractice insurance carrier. Once the carrier has been given notice, they're going to open a claim, collect some preliminary information, and then assign you a defense attorney. The defense attorney is going to be your primary point of contact going forward. You will work with them a lot in the months that follow. The third stage is the data collection and the value assessment stage. Once a claim has been opened, the defense attorney and the malpractice carrier will begin collecting data to assess the incident in more detail. After they've got a good handle on the case and they can determine an approximate value, which is basically them determining how much it's going to cost them to pay for the claim, both the indemnity and the legal fees then the insurance carrier is going to set a reserve on the case. A reserve is a placeholder so that the company can budget and project the costs of losses internally. So a claim adjuster may want to look at all of his open claims at the Acme Malpractice Company to determine what the total potential cost will be. 
Carriers tend to reserve very conservatively, which is smart because they don't want to underestimate how much a case might be worth. They can change this reserve number as the claim progresses. So if it looks like things are going especially well, they might drop the reserve amount down. If it looks like it might be a higher payout, they might bump the reserve up. Obviously, their hope is that the final outcome will be less than what they've reserved. During the data collection phase, doctors will often be dismissed from cases if it's clear that they were not at fault. It's pretty typical that an initial malpractice claim will have a long list of providers named, and most of them will get dismissed as the data gets analyzed and attorneys on both sides really narrow down the facts of the case to see what's at play. The next stage is the decision stage. After the data has been collected, you will consult with your defense attorney and the carrier to determine how best to proceed. If your policy has a consent to settle provision, the carrier must obtain your consent before they're allowed to settle the claim on your behalf. You'll work with your attorney to talk through the options and determine if it makes sense for you to settle the case or not. And the final stage of the claim process is the result stage. If a settlement option is chosen and all parties agree, the plaintiff is awarded the appropriate amount and the claim is then closed. But if the case goes to trial, it will be up to a judge and jury to decide the outcome of the claim. Once a verdict is rendered, either a defense verdict or a verdict in favor of the plaintiff, any necessary monies are paid and then the claim is closed. Obviously, if it's a defense verdict, that means you win and there's no payment made. If the case is not settled beforehand, malpractice claims generally take about 18 months to two years from the time that the suit is filed until trial. However, in some states, it can take up to five years or more. Malpractice claims can be lengthy and stressful, but there are some things that you can do to make the process go as smoothly as possible and help you get a more favorable outcome. So here are three tips to leave you with today. Tip number one, be proactive after an incident or an adverse event. Contact your practice administrator and your malpractice carrier even if you have not yet received a formal claim notice. Most carriers have risk management programs in place and they can provide you with guidance and some suggestions on immediate steps that you can take after an incident occurs. It may be possible for you to avoid further escalation on an issue if it's dealt with promptly and with the guidance of your insurance carrier and legal counsel. But here's one thing for you to note. Most malpractice companies' risk management departments are separate from their claims and underwriting teams, meaning this, don't hesitate in reaching out to ask for help on an issue because you're worried it might increase your premiums. The risk manager doesn't report your issue to the underwriter to raise your rates. Their job is to work with you to help diffuse the situation and reduce the likelihood that it will turn into a claim altogether. Tip number two, keep timely, accurate medical records. Record factual statements of the events in the patient's medical record along with any notes related to the follow-up care. Make sure that the chart includes a complete description of your interaction with the patient. If you happen to disagree with another provider, don't use the medical record to document your concerns. Rather, thoroughly document the basis for your treatment. For example, if you know that Dr. X made a mistake, please don't put it in the patient's file. You can handle that issue separately with your administration, but it does not belong there. 
Don't backdate any entries in the medical record and avoid creating any entries that might appear to be self-serving. It's better to add an addendum rather than to go back and change what you said. Remember that medical records can be admissible in court. So avoid anything in the file that is unrelated to the care of the patient. For instance, don't put in the file, the family was really mad, or I notified our legal team. That is not the place for it. You want your medical records to be thorough, timely, and objective. And tip number three, cooperate with your attorney. Help them help you. Your defense attorney is your biggest advocate, and they want you to be positioned well as the claim process moves forward. Take their advice when given and be open and honest with them. Be patient and helpful as they work to collect information and provide you with coaching as you prepare for your depositions and other interrogatories. And I have one bonus tip for you. And this actually comes from a very successful defense attorney friend of mine. Here's what he says. He says this has been key in helping him successfully defend doctors in the past. If you have had an unexpected or an adverse result, or if you just feel unsettled about the way an interaction went, or if you just kind of get that feeling that something isn't right, check the patient's charts and then prepare a memo to yourself. Be sure to include any act or omission of the patient while it's fresh in your mind. This is a note that you're going to make to yourself that does not go in the medical records. We're not trying to evade or not include information in the medical chart here. This is just a note to yourself to help jog your memory down the road if something ever comes of the situation. It may be several years before you're asked to recall your interactions with the patient, and you want to document everything you can now so that you can remember it later when you're asked. We've put together an overview of the claims process and all of these quick tips in a free download that you can access in the show notes for this episode. Or if you're watching on YouTube, click the description box below. And if you have any questions on this topic or want to make sure that you're covered appropriately, we've also included our contact information in the description box so that you can connect with us via phone, email, or chat today. And if you're listening, please visit us online at aegismalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S, malpractice.com. We have some great new content coming your way in the next few weeks, and we're excited to share it with all of you. If you found this information helpful today, could you do me a favor and give us a like and leave a review? And be sure to subscribe to our show so that you can catch our next installment of Malpractice Insights, where we're dedicated to helping you understand medical malpractice insurance and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. This is Jennifer Wiggins. Thanks for joining us.